Hello and welcome back to another episode of Devil's Talking Padres. I'm Dominic Stern, joined as always by Bobby Murphy. Bobby, how are you today following another Padres sweep? Dom, I'm doing fantastic. This has been the most happy, the most excited I've been for Padres baseball in probably a decade. And it's nice to be back in town, nice to watch some more Padres baseball. And I've just been so happy with how our boys have been playing this past week. Oh, it's incredible how much more fun you have watching a winning baseball team as opposed to watching a team that doesn't win. I still found ways to have fun watching the Padres of the past, but it's so much easier to have fun watching this team win. And you just appreciate every win because, you know, at any moment we could go back to the old Padres. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I love I love the recognition that we're getting from the league. We're finally getting some respect all around and people are finally noticing how good the San Diego Padres are. Yep, Brown is back, and so are the wins. And so let's talk about this epic sweep of the Houston Astros, a team that had been cheating for the past couple of years. So it's always nice to beat a team like that. Uh, first game, Padres got a 4-3 to victory. The second one, the Padres just absolutely blew them out, 13-2 to victory. And then today, or on Sunday, Padres got a 5-3 to victory. So pitching staff really kept them in check. Uh, Astros kind of hurt right now. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on the series? The series I, I had me super happy going into it. Honestly, uh, just winning one, I mean, I wouldn't be happy with it, but one or two is what I was expecting, and we just blew, just clean sweep of the of the Houston Astros, and I was just super happy with with how we played it out. Our, as you said, our pitching staff was great. They didn't score more than three runs in any of these games. So it was just our pitching staff was great, and our, the bats showed up when when they needed to. Yep, the bullpen, who had been highly criticized, and you know for all the right reasons, finally showed up this weekend, and it was about time. And it was just a matter of time before the talent that is in the Padres bullpen has showed up, and they showed up big time because in the first game, uh, starting pitcher. Garrett Richards, he only lasted two innings. He only allowed one run, but the Astros hitters, they uh, they made it work to only allow one run in that game. Four hits, three walks. He did get four strikeouts, but wasn't his best outing. And then the bullpen came in, and from there, it was pretty lights out uh, with a couple of exceptions in the middle. But Javi Guerra, man, he came in, he pitched really well. And for a guy who had struggled basically all season, for him to come out and get seven outs, walk about her, but also record three strikeouts was really good to see from him. Matt Strom came in another inning. His ERA is now down to 1.88. He's got two off days now, and he's going to take the off day on Monday. So I'd expect to definitely see him on Tuesday. Craig Stamen came in, tried to finish the job, uh, allowed two hits, uh, two doubles to left field. We did record two strikeouts, allowed one run. Cal Quantrill came in for the seventh. A lot of run, and then from then on out, Pierce Johnson, Emilio Pagan, they shut the door in the absence of Drew Pomeranz. Uh, but Padres, they uh, they managed to get four runs in this game. In the first inning, they took advantage of Manny Machado in an infield single. And then in the fourth, Profar with the first sack fly of the season for the Padres, which was incredible because up to that point, Padres had five grand slams on the season we're yet to hit a sack fly, so Profar got that out of the way. The Machado drove in another run in the fifth, missing on the left. And then Cronenworth hit a ball off the right field wall to score Machado, and that was all the Padres needed. Scored four unanswered runs, and that was all they needed. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? 
Yeah, um, this game, as you said, our bullpen did great. I know they allowed two, two runs, as you said, Stamon and Quantrill both allowed one, but it was great. I mean, with Manny Machado hit, there was two, two out hits, and he just been, he just been clutch hitting for him, and that's obviously, of course, why we have him, and he's been coming in clutch when we need them to in the past week, and it's just been great. Yeah, absolutely. Manny Machado, ever since he got thrown at in the first game in Texas, he's just been stellar for the Padres. And he he's 11 for 24 in that time frame with three doubles and three home runs. Uh, dude, he's finally showing up. Slow start to the season, even though he was hitting the ball hard. But this is what the Padres paid Manny Machado to do. He's finally doing it. When he's at his best, the Padres are at their best. And that's clearly showing this past week. Moving on to game two, Padres won this game 13 to two. Houston jumped out to another early lead with a run in the first. Uh, they scored in the first inning in all three games, and that was all they would get off of Zach Davies, really. Zach Davies was absolutely incredible in this game. Eight innings, two earned runs, and after Garrett Richards only pitched two innings the night before, and with a bullpen day in the upcoming day, this was absolutely key for the Padres. And then in the bottom of the first inning, Trent Grisham and Manny Machado both hit solo home runs to take the lead, and then in the second inning, the Padres exploded for nine runs, including a Jake Cronenworth Grand Slam. Slam Diego, their fifth in six games. That was all they needed. Trent Grisham added his third home run of the game in the seventh inning. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much to say about this game other than it was just awesome. Do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, I mean, before I go into that amazing second inning, I just wanted to say this at least once. Slam Diego. Unfortunately, I was absent from the last podcast on the Texas Rangers sweep, but so I missed a, a recap on that. But I just want to say Slam Diego has been the most exciting thing in my life right now and for all Padres fans. And it's just love hearing the calls from Marcelo and it just gets me super hyped every time. But yeah, back to the game against the Astros 13-2 win, as you said. Just the main thing, the biggest thing that, that you the biggest thing that you talked on was Zach Davies going eight innings. As you mentioned, that was huge. We t- really needed him to go deep in this game and only one inning from, from the bullpen. That was huge for us and to give the bullpen a day off. But yeah, these bats this game were insane. Cronenworth went three for four with that grand slam. Grisham went four for five, three home runs and six RBIs. And Manny, he had another two hit game. He had, he's had in the past week, he had a, a stretch where he had five straight two-hit games. So Machado's really been heating up, and love to see that from him. Yep, and I don't really know how Sunday's game goes if Zach Davies doesn't go eight innings because uh, if Adrian Marajon was needed, we could have sent down someone like Luis Patino or another bullpen arm to recall Joey Lucchese or even Mackenzie Gore if we needed someone else to start today. But by Zach Davies preserving the bullpen, it allowed – multiple arms to not only be ready to go, but to be ready to go for multiple innings. And on Sunday's game, four Padres bullpen pitchers recorded more than three outs. Luis Patino got seven. Cal Quantro got four. Tim Hill got four. Craig Stamen got four. And that lasted from innings two to eight in the Padres' five to three victory because the Astros once again scored in the first inning. Top of the order is still good despite all their injuries. Carlos Correa drove in George Springer to start off the game. And at that point, you're saying they're like, oh, man, this is this game's not going to go well. And Kyle Tucker, young star for the Houston Astros, hit an opposite field home run 
to get to 3 nothing, but they didn't score the rest of the game. Padres bats, they woke up in the fourth inning. Fernando Tatis Jr. got the first hit of the game for the Padres there. He ended up going two for three, scoring twice with a walk as well. Kid just keeps killing it. And then Eric Hosmer drove in Tatis with a double on the right field line. Cronenworth hit a line drive off the wall. Cronenworth wasn't able to get the second, though, because the ball was hit so hard off the wall. And then Profar drove in the final run of the inning on a ground ball. So at that point, you're sitting there. It's tied. Bullpen's been in for the game for a little bit, and you're not sure if they're going to get the win. But bullpen was, was nails all day. And Manny Machado drove in Fernando Tatis Jr. on a right on a home run to right center field, which you don't really see a lot uh, going opposite field to right center field from really anyone. But Manny Machado, he's seeing the ball well right now, and his home run propelled the Padres to a 5-3 victory. Uh, what do you think of this game? Yeah, this game, the biggest part, again, was the bullpen going strong. After Morejon came out, bullpen went a complete shutout, didn't allow any runs, only two hits uh, for the rest of the game. After Morejon went one and two-thirds, and just the bullpen was stellar. They were lights out, and it was just amazing to see that in a big bullpen day. But again, Machado, this is why we have him clutch hitting, and he had that, that perfect, just beautiful game-winning home run to take the lead in the eighth. And... I feel like this would be a good point to introduce my devil of the week. Um, so, sure. So, yeah, of course, my devil of the week. For me, we had so many guys hot in the last week, but I'm going to have to go with Manny Machado. After that first game against the Rangers where he went 0 for 5, he had five straight games, as I said earlier, with two hits. And he had, of course, that grand slam in the third game against the Rangers. And then the game-winning home run against the Astros on Sunday. And he had a home run on Saturday as well. So, for that, Manny Machado is my devil of the week. And honestly, I couldn't even get a wild cut of the week. These Padres are so hot right now. Glenn Diego is on fire, and just I, I just really couldn't get one. Yeah, no, I we were talking about it before the podcast, and I'm like, I don't even know who he would give it to. Maybe Emilio Pagan, but he, he did end up recording two scoreless innings in the series against Houston Astros, both in the ninth inning as, as yeah. a save. And like I mentioned on the previous podcast with Nick Lee, if you haven't listened to that, go give it a listen. Emilio Pagan was the closer for the Tampa Bay Rays last year, who had one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. So he has that in him. It's just been a matter of him not being quite on point so far in 2020 for the Padres. But today against Houston Astros, he looked really good. Uh, three up, three down. Didn't get any strikeouts, but it was all weak contact. Uh, 13 pitches, eight strikes. Part of his problem is he hasn't been locating, especially on the off speed as well. But he looked really good, and with Kirby Yates on the IL for seemingly a long time, Drew Pomeranz is on the injured list too. Pagan's going to need to step up, and he, he stepped up this series. If Pagan can just keep doing what he's been doing in the last two games, I mean, he could take the closest take the closer spot for now. I mean, while Pomeranz is hurt, Yates is of course for a while. So I'd love to see Pomeranz just get back on track as he has as he has been doing, and just run away with that closure spot just safely for the next week or two. Yeah, and I think Pagan is better suited as the Padres' closer. Not not because Drew Pomeranz isn't good, but I think Pomeranz, with as good as he's been, he could be used more in other high-leverage situations, given that he is a left-handed pitcher, and he just comes in and he just throws strikes. And then you can just hand the ball to Emilio Pagan. If he pitches like this into the ninth inning, I'm not saying that's what we should do, but that could be a possibility with Drew Pomeranz coming back. 
Pagan, he's got a chance to really prove himself with an injured bullpen. And with his ERA now down to 6.23, given where it's been at, uh, I, I still believe in Pagan. I know a lot of Padres fans still do, knowing his track record. Uh, I've been a firm believer in talent will produce. Uh, I, I have faith in Emilio Pagan going forward. So with that, that gives the Padres a seven-game winning streak at the moment. And that brings the Padres to 18-12, and 12, which is the second-best record in the National League West. Good for the fourth seed in the current National League playoff standings. And if the playoffs were today, the Padres will be facing the St. Louis Cardinals in the opening round of the playoffs. So at 18 and 12, what are your expectations for the second half of the season? For the second half of the season, I can't wait to see what San Diego will do. We only play, looking at the standings right now, two teams for the rest of the season with a winning record, and that's the Oakland A's and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So we have an easy schedule. Of course, any team can heat up. Of course, the Giants have won six in a row. We don't play them for another two weeks, but any team can get hot. So, But re- looking at it now, those are the only two teams that are above 500. So I don't want to, say, look for us to cruise, but because, of course, every single series will be a grind and anything could happen. But I'm expecting us to be even better than we were in the first half. Yeah, most definitely. The Padres have gone through the toughest part of their schedule at 18 and 12. They just finished 17 straight games, and they have the majority of their off days upcoming soon in the schedule in September. And this is an exciting time to be a Padres fan. You know, we haven't been blessed with a lot of winning seasons. The fact that we're 18 and 12 halfway through the season, currently sitting in a playoff spot, is just incredible. And the way this team is uniting the fan base is inspiring. And I can't wait to watch this team hopefully be even better in the second half. Uh, trade deadline's coming up soon. Uh, I've got an article coming out on eastvillagetimes.com where I basically tabled everyone's opinions for what the Padres should do on before the trade deadline. You were a part of that, Bobby. Do you see the Padres being buyers at the trade deadline? I think we will be. I mean, not in a huge way. I don't think Preller is going to be pressed to do it because we don't want to go. Obviously, we wouldn't be trading a lot, but we don't want to make a huge, it wouldn't be a huge move, but we don't want to go all in for a season like this. But I could see him, I mean, like if Pagan starts pitching well, I don't know, but I could see him acquiring a closer possibly. Catcher, maybe. I mean, I was thinking Salvador Perez, but he just got hurt. And Christian Vasquez of the Red Sox could be a good could be a good acquire, but I mean, the only thing I can really think of right now is either a fifth starter or bullpen help. I was thinking uh, Trevor Rosenthal, who's been having a great year, or Keone Kela of the Pirates. I mean, I don't think it'll be huge for Preller to make to make moves, but still, we're not a perfect team. Um, it's not like it's going to be a cakewalk all the way, but we will still have some holes, of course, but. I could see Preller making some deals, and I do see us as buyers. I would agree. I think you nailed it on the head. You do want to get better because we are going to be in the playoffs this year, you know, unless the Padres just absolutely fall apart in the second half of the season, which we've seen happen before. And I think the bullpen will be fine. I I don't see a bigger need out there. I do see a need at catcher, though. Austin Hedges, although he's been better of late, still – isn't performing that well. Could also see maybe the Padres going after a left fielder. Profar, who also has been playing well, uh, you know, he doesn't have the greatest track record still, 
Uh, his numbers aren't great this year. He's getting on base at a very high clip, though. And with Tommy Pham being a big question mark going into the postseason with his injuries, there's a question mark out in left field for sure. And then at catcher, like I already mentioned, Austin Hedges. And then Mejia's been hurt. Luis Torrens left the game today after he took a foul ball to the catcher's mask. So who knows if he's going to be out for some time. And I don't think the Padres are going to be want, wanting to go into the postseason with Austin Hedges as their primary and then Luis Campusano as their backup catcher. That just doesn't seem like a recipe for success going into the playoffs. The best teams do have good catchers in I I think there's a bigger need at catcher. There's catchers like Christian Vasquez of the Boston Red Sox, who are on a losing team 110% right now. Boston Red Sox have one of the worst records in the MLB, which is so weird to say, given their track record. Boston Red Sox at 9 and 20 right now. Wow. So it would probably be, it would probably be in the Red Sox best interest to trade Christian Vasquez, given that he does have value as a catcher and also improve the team going forward in the future. Uh, so the Padres can probably pull a few strings right there. Edgier Pro has worked with the Red Sox in the past, the Margot trade, the Pomeranz trade, and the Kimbrel trade. Well, Margot was part of the Kimbrel trade. But anyways, Edgier Pro does have some prior trades with Boston Red Sox, so maybe you can make that happen. They do have a new GM in Bloom, but uh, I, I see a – very suitable trade partner right there, Boston Red Sox, Christian Vasquez. Yeah, and of course the Red Sox did just trade Brandon Workman to the Phillies, so I don't know if we would be looking for bullpen help, but that's one guy who we could have been looking at who is now gone. But, Dom, I don't know if you would want to give any quick, like a tiny preview or teaser into your roundtable piece, but if you do, are there any catchers or left fielders that, especially left fielders, that is what I'm interested in hearing that you could be looking at, or do you want to save that for the readers? Uh, well, no one really mentioned outfielders. It's mostly catchers and relievers. Uh, you, you'd have to read that on eastvillagetimes.com. I'll be wrapping that up today. We'll probably be out Monday or maybe even Tuesday. Uh, trade deadline is August 31st, which is next Monday. So Potters have just over a week to make some trades. And so let's preview this upcoming series against the Seattle Mariners, the Vetter Cup, as the Seattle Mariners come to San Diego. Starting pitchers, you're getting the aces of both staffs. Uh, Chris Paddock going up against Marco Gonzalez in Game 1. Denelson Lebeck going up against Taiwan Walker in Game 2. And then Garrett Richards going up against Yusei Kikuchi in Game 3. What are you looking for in this upcoming series? In this series, I mean, I'd really like our starting pitching to – I know we'll have a day off on, on Monday, but I'd really like our starting pitching to try and go deep in the game. We have Paddock, Lamette, and Richards coming up this series. and Honestly, I don't want to say this should be a sweep, but it should be a sweep. I'd love to, or even two, win two out of three, but this is a team that we should easily handle. Um, and if we can get our starting pitchers to go deep in this game against a lineup that's not that's not very strong, then then that'll save our bull, our bullpen some work. One guy that I'm lo- really looking forward to watching is Kyle Lewis on the Mariners. He's been amazing this year. He's hitting 368 as an everyday starter. And he's just been amazing this year. So he's one guy that I'm that I'm really looking forward to seeing how we pitch to in this series. Yep. And so Chris Paddock, he's coming off of one of his better starts of the year. Six innings, only one run against the Texas Rangers in game three of that series. 
and he's got his ERA down to 4.26 on the year. Uh, obviously higher than his ERA last year, but looking to build off of that strong start, making another one against a not great offense for Seattle. You you just mentioned Kyle Lewis. He's been their, their standout so far. Marco Gonzalez, their starter for game one. He only has one career start against San Diego Padres. He went five innings, only allowed one earned run. So he's got, I guess, a little bit of success there. But career 4.19 ERA starter. But this year he's having one of the best seasons of his career. 3.34 ERA in five starts, 29 innings, 26 strikeouts, and a .876 whip. Is a lefty, mixes speeds, uh, mixes locations. He's got a cutter, got a sinker, got a curveball. He's a nice little tricky pitcher. And then game two, we got to Nelson Lovett on the mound. Potter's ace this year, without a doubt, 1.89 ERA in six starts, 33 innings and 45 strikeouts. All of those are amongst the league leaders. And we all remember that start he had last year in Seattle where he just absolutely killed them. I really thought that was going to be the first no-hitter in Potter's history. Of course, it didn't happen because we are the Padres. And then facing off against Nelson Lovett is Taiwan Walker. And Taiwan Walker, you know, he's been – a part of two rivalries for the Padres, being in the Vetter Cup as a Mariner and then being traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks remaining in the NL West. So he's got some experience against San Diego Padres. He's 27 innings, 1.33 ERA, and a .593 whip. So he's uh, he's got some good experience against the Padres. Uh, hopefully the Padres can find some success against them this time. It's a bit of a different team. You got Garrett Richards. He also pitched in the AL West his entire career, so he has a lot of experience going up against the Seattle Mariners. In 14 starts, he has a 3.26 ERA against them, 1.2 whip in 96 innings, so a lot of experience there. Uh, Garrett Richards, look for him to try and make another good start against them. And you say Kikuchi, just in his second year in the major leagues, Last year in 2019, uh, you remember that Fernando Tatis Jr. home run that he just absolutely crushed. Uh, he went five innings, four hits, only allowed one run, but the Mariners actually did end up beating the Potters in that game. So uh, it's going to be an interesting series. They're just coming off of a sweep, uh, so I guess they're playing decent baseball as of now. Uh, still on the season, though, they're they're struggling for sure. 11 and 19, fourth in the American League West. I don't think a lot of people predict them to be in front of the Los Angeles Angels at this point, but here we are. It's been a weird year. Uh, Anthony Rendon was brought in to help the Los Angeles Angels offense, which doesn't help out their awful pitching staff. Uh, the Mariners, 11 and 19, coming to Petco Park. Should be an interesting series. All right, Bobby, you got any uh, final notes before we before we take off? Uh, I mean, first of all, just, just keep the winning ways going. Padres are one of, if not the hottest team in baseball, and let's try and bring Slam, Slam Diego back to this, back in this series. Oh yes, uh, Padres playing the best baseball. Uh, not a very good team coming to town, although Mariners do have some good success against the Padres in the past. Uh, I look forward to watching this team continue to play well. Gonna enjoy not having to watch them on Monday night, though. I can. Focus on some schoolwork as I am back at Arizona State University. With that, it's going to wrap up this episode of Devil's Talking Padres. As always, check out our work on eastvillagetimes.com. Follow us on Twitter at EVT underscore news. Uh, follow Bobby and I on Twitter at DMster19 and at Bobby Murphy 
2000 on Twitter. DM one of us if you want to be a guest on a future podcast. And we thank you for tuning in and have a good rest of your day.